We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. And we said in two weeks ago, for those who are here for the first time, we said this two weeks ago, we, we kicked off this series, and I'm going to run this series until I, I exhaust it. And we said that your, your um, direction determines your destination, not your intention. Your direction in life is what determines your destination, not your intention. All right? So we taught that in first first week, and I want you to get the message, listen to it, um, teach others as well. And then in second week, that was last week, we mentioned that um, when people when people find that are prudent people, when prudent people find that they're on the wrong course, they change course straight away. And so we looked at the book of Proverbs where Solomon constantly compared two types of characters, a wise person and a simple person. I mean, I mean I'm sure that Solomon was probably just being politically correct. So he calls, he, calls them, he calls someone simple, which actually, if you read the context of his Proverbs, he will probably just call the person a foolish person. Yeah, because simple is not the opposite of wise. Yeah, so wise decisions and we say foolish decisions. So basically, you throughout the Bible, you just see that comparison. Wise decisions, foolish decisions. Wise man, foolish guy, you know? So, and then we, and then we looked at, and we said that prudent people, wise people, when they find that they're on the wrong decision, they, they just jump off. Just get off immediately. And so if you're heading, if you're heading north, if your destination is south and you find out that you are in the train heading north, the first thing you want to do is get off at the next station. Right? If you, are, if you hop on a circle line and you find that that circle line is going to the wrong direction, if you sit on that train, right, you go around in circles. Right? That's why it's called circle line. <laughs> That's why it's called circle line. And then you can't sit in a circle line heading towards the wrong direction and then you are praying that, that where, what, that one day you will arrive at your destination? No. No, you get off. You get off. That's what you do. All right? And so in England, it's very, it can be very, very complex. I was saying in the first service how many years ago I came into the UK and I was heading towards Stratford. You know, and in those days, there was no sat-nav. It was um, yellow pages, you know. Not yellow pages, um, A to Z. I may remember A to Z. I, mean, nah, my, I, can't, I can't read map. And then my bola and I would put them, you know, you know, the, you know and it's uh, typical of uh, every, um, you know, average man. We're a, and I think bola was saying that we should head one. I said, I said, well, I said, no, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way. And then we kept driving. I, I said, is this, is, normally it takes us, 20 minutes to get to church. But we've been driving on this road for a long time now. And there are some parts I've seen, you know, freight this way, freight this way, freight this way. Ah, I said, what's going on? Until we got to the, um, what do you call it? The, the what do you call it? The, uh, the barriers, the toll gate. And I said, where are you going to? I said, I'm going to Stratford. <laughs> I said, Stratford. I said, what are you doing here? Stratford is that way. Now, I don't know what amount of prayer will I have prayed on the A2, heading down Dover, right? And say, oh, Lord, I fasted, I pray, or best one. Why, God, why are you doing this to me? 
Hello, I'm not the one doing this to you. You're on the wrong path. My friend, get back. And then, so there's a lot of things that just get, I mean, the orbital, M25 orbital. How many of you anti-clockwise, clockwise? I know many of you are here today. You still cannot walk which one is clockwise. You know, you know. You, eh? At least if you are honest with yourself, right? Right, exactly. Which one is clockwise? I, I used to get finally confusing. Yeah, and then and then I come in and he head head down the M twenty head down the M twenty five. Ah, I say, ah, you know, it's so confusing. They say he threw this way, he threw this way. I say, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> he threw this way, he threw this way. On my first day at work, right? I got lost. I got lost, right? I was supposed to be going towards towards um um M what M four. So it's eight two, right? Eight. Oh no, I was living in Tensmith then. And I, there was some, some, I couldn't navigate my way out of Thames Mead, right, to get on the A2 and then head and head south. I mean, if you get confused, but those north-south divide. <laughs> and as I go around, I was like, ah, ah, I mean, I've been trying for how long now? Where is this heat for? You know, so out of panic, right, I turned off, started heading the wrong direction. I saw Heathrow this way. But which way? I just came down Heathrow that way, Heathrow this way. And I was two hours late for work. So sometimes, you know, it, it's can, it can be so, it, life, life is full of making decisions and, and it can be complex. But the question I want to ask us today, so this today I want to look at the issue of why do we even end up in the wrong path in the first place? What are you doing here? How did you get here in the first place? What is it in life that makes people choose the wrong path all the time? And I have two reasons, right? Maybe right, maybe wrong, but I don't know. But this is my, my opinion. Number one, I believe that the reason why we, are, why we end up on the wrong path most of the time is that we are thrill-seekers. That's true. We are thrill-seekers. Our heart is on a happy quest. Not truth quest. We're not searching for truth. We want where heart is on, in search of, in pursuit of happiness. That's one reason. And the second reason is, we are in pursuit of happiness and we want it right now. Right now. Right now. We want to be happy, not tomorrow. We want to be happy now. And that's one of the reasons why we fall into um, the wrong direction. We want things and we want them now. We know that our decisions, right, will affect our future experience. We know that. We are smart people. We know that whatever choice we make today will affect our tomorrow. But no, who actually wakes up in the morning, right, seeking for, I want true knowledge. I want facts. I want, a, I want um, a revelation. We don't wake up seeking for revelation. We don't. That's the truth. We don't wake up looking for revelation. We wake up looking for what? Happiness. I've been involved in coaching for years. 80% of the people I coach are not really looking for answers. 90% of them already know what the answer is. So what exactly are we looking for? The truth is we are looking for happiness. We are looking for happiness. And we are looking for quick. Fast, easy, 
happiness, the thrill, the excitement. We want to laugh and be merry. And with your hand, we will do everything possible, everything, anything humanly possible to get that thrill. That's why sometimes, for example, sex before marriage. He said, wait, Mm-mm. why will you wait? The thrill of sex before marriage. Yeah. He said, but we can't wait for this one. No, we can't wait. You want it? You want it now. We can have sex before marriage. After we already know what we're going to do when we get married. Eh? So what difference does it make? What, what difference is a, a piece of paper? It's all right. We want a thrill. We want it now. Well, you didn't go to sex before marriage. Lo and below, behold, you get pregnant. You know. It's not as if we don't know that it's wrong or we don't know what the Bible says about it. You know what the Bible says about it. But sometimes, you know, your heart leads you. You calculate everything. It's all calculated. The moment you say, can we go out tonight? <laughs> the moment you say, can we go out tonight? You know where it's going to end up? You have calculated that thing. All timed out. You know who is at home. You know who is not at home. Nah, me. <laughs> you know who is at home. You know who is not at home. The one that will tell the parents, um, yeah, oh, I'm going to my friend's You know, I'm not going to your friend's place. But which friend? It wasn't quite qualified, was it? No. You know. So what exactly are you looking for? When you get married, you have a lifetime to have sex. In fact, they will wake you one morning, you say, no, leave me alone. <laughs> You say, leave me alone. You say, leave me alone. You have every power right now to say no to those advances. But you go for it. The lady goes for it. It keeps keeps quiet. It's not a surprise. Is it? It's not. It's not. Eh? From the movies, can we step about my place? He said, ah, ah, there's nobody at home. What? So tell me, what Bible study are you? <laughs> what technical Bible study are you going to do? That's what I'm saying. But now, if we see, so it's the thrill of the moment. All the need to satisfy somebody else's desire. After marriage, if they touch, do footsie under the blanket. You say, but yes, they go. <laughs> Thrill. How about telling lies? Oh, it is so satisfying when you get away with it. Just lie. Too much lies. Like the lie you are going to tell tomorrow, Monday. And you and I know that you're going to be sick tomorrow morning. <laughs> you don't look it now, but you and I know you're... <laughs> you and I know that there's a pending, there's a pending flu right now hanging over your head, right? That will materialize in the next eight hours, that will get critical in the next 12 hours, 
And the next 24 hours is going to be serious. But because at this same time tomorrow, you're going to be at home, having made to a phone call two hours earlier, say, <laughs> So ask your neighbor, what are you looking for? <laughs> what are you looking for? What are you looking for? How about pornography? How about alcohol? You know the, the alcoholic who calls himself a social drinker. I I, I don't I don't I don't I know I, I don't yeah, I, yeah. it's not about drinking, right? It's about not being it's about not being drunk, you know what I mean? You know, so it's not like it's not like just to get a drink anytime. Or you know, or the, or the classic, you know, it's not, it's not I can't stop myself, you know, I can't stop myself. I'm not bound by this thing. I stop it now. But, <laughs> but you, so what exactly are you looking for? Is the temporary short influence? Please tell me about weight. Mm-hmm. We all there's something about all that seals for thrills, you know. Like me, I'm, I'm always a wrestling sugar. I'm still battling sugar. I think sugar killed my mom, by the way. Yeah, lost my mom. I think, I think it's sugar. But knowing, having lived in England now for years, and I understand that, you know, yeah. If I have to just put it, I think, I think mom loved sugar too much. Yeah, I, you know, so, yeah, it is what it is. But she's gone now. But sugar. Sugar. Mm. Bad, bad, bad sugar. So I fight it. Every time I walk past a donut shop, tell myself, stop it. Sometimes I win. Sometimes I don't. I don't. I don't. When away last week, Pastor Bola and I came back, I don't know what I was thinking about. You know? I don't know. Start to buy a gift for the person who took care of our, of our daughter while we are away, which just so happened to be our daughter who took care of herself. Because <laughs> we're already in the habit of doing that for anyone. So we so said, let's just stop by and get her. So Pastor Bola went to get a bottle of uh, perfume. What did I go for? Chocolates. Chocolates. Chocolates with nuts. Knowing fully where she hates nuts. And I bought a full box of chocolate with nuts. And I got home and I gave it, and I said, oh, look at what we got. Look at what we got. Got the nanny. Take. Oh, nice. And this. Oh, whoa, but it's got nothing. Oh, I'll keep it in my kitchen for the kids in church. How two weeks ago? Mysteriously. One by one. Those chocolates. Ferrero Rocher. They're crunchy. Bad. Don't. Sugar, sugar, man. And yesterday was was, was just a worst of it all. I, I promised myself I was going to bring that chocolate to church today and give it to Zach, whose birthday it is today. But I just again, again, half of it is gone. So what am I going to tell? <laughs> what if he says, Grandpa, where is the rest? I said, Oops. So I was making tea yesterday. I was looking at the looking at the box of chocolate. Look at tea. Look at the box of chocolate. I said, Well, you know. Just this once, you know, just this once. 
So I popped one in my mouth. I said, well, I put one in my pocket. Put the second one in my mouth. Put the second one in my pocket. And I came back. Within five minutes, I was, I was high on sugar. I was making that tea and I was dancing. Yeah, I was very excited, you know. And I was singing. And then Pastor Bola called one of my friends in the States. And she had a guy on speaker. I was calling the guys and I was yelling. I was like, hey, man, so good to see you. And the guy would say, what, what, what? is he okay? <laughs> so what am I looking for? Is it real? Sugar is bad. Killed my mama. I should be smart. All right. But how do we get on the straight, great path in life? How? How do we avoid this path or the road that leads to destruction? How do we do that? Let's look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 12. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, from verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all, of all your increase. Why? He says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so, and so Solomon says it very clearly here. If you want to avoid the wrong path, you want to avoid the wrong journey, if you want to make sure your intentions are properly aligned to your destination, he says, I give you three things. Number one, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not sometimes, all the time. This should be your path in life. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So number two, it says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't trust what you know. Don't trust what you know. Do not lean on your own understanding. You do not know enough about your future to handle it. You do not know enough about your destiny and your destination to handle it. You are inexperienced in the matters that affect your own life. Because your life, my friend, is a massive, is a huge investment. You are a great man. You are a great woman. You are somewhere, you are greatness waiting to happen. You are a diamond in the rough. You are a gold. You are a piece of gold in the mud. He says, but you have no experience. He says, you, what it takes to mine you. You have no idea what it takes to mine you and polish you and present you to your world. He says, you have no idea. And so he says, so do not trust your understanding. Do not trust your understanding. And then number three, he said, acknowledge him in all your ways. He says, this is the best path in life. This is the best journey in life. This is not what you do sometimes. This is what you commit to doing. This should be your lifestyle. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean in on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Jesus. Easy. Easy. And so the answer to choosing the right path in life is to choose God. Trust God. Go where God asks you to go and do what God wants you to do. End of story. Discipline yourself to do these things. Discipline yourself to do these things. There's not a, there's not, this is not, it's not a one-time thing. It's discipline yourself to do this all the time and stay consistent and stay committed at it. He said you will do well. You will do well. It's a great challenge not to lean on your own understanding. It's a great challenge. And I want you all to take that challenge upon yourself. To trust God and not lean on your own understanding. How many times have you told people, follow your heart. Follow your heart. What do you feel? What do you feel? Where is your heart leading you? Have you heard those questions before? You've heard that before, say, oh, follow your heart. Or you hear people say, oh, I just followed my heart. Really? Follow, want to follow your heart? Want to follow your heart? You mean your heart? You really think your heart has enough experience to handle the issues of life? Well, let's see what the Bible says about the human heart. Yeah, the human heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Let's read together. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Yeah, one, two, go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Aha, uh-huh. exactly. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You don't even know yourself. You just think you do. Your heart can lie to you. Your heart can deceive you. You cannot trust your heart. Your heart will draw on previous experiences or your heart will draw on the experiences of others. So you cannot rely on your heart. Your heart can lead you astray. Your heart thrives on feelings. Your heart thrives on feelings. Have you seen those guys who go for bungee jumping? Who ties a rope around his ankles and jump head first? Who does that? Thrill seekers. How about those um, roller coaster? What do you call it? Is it the uh, Alton Towers? You call it? Is it, is it those rides? Those demonic rides? <laughs> I, I, I think I think they are demonic rides. I, those rides. I don't know. I, I always say whoever designed those rides, they should be locked up. Yeah, because, because those minds seem to be examined right now before they do something sinister. I'm telling you, who designs a ride that sits there and you sit on this ride and they look and then they take you off slowly. Take you off slowly. And then you get to the peak of that ride. Then they leave you dangling. And they rock you forward, back, forth, back, forth. Just as you are getting used to the back, forth, back, forth, they drop you. And then, and, then, and then you see some people 
right? When they, some people will be screaming, and then some terrible minds, they just sit down there. They're just laughing, and they're just happy. How do you get a happy as something like that? Who jumps off an aircraft? And they call it what they call it. What they call it. How do you, yeah, who? Who? What do you call it? Skydiving. Who does skydiving? Mate, what are you looking for? What is the problem on earth? <laughs> Look, my friend, whatever it is, me, between me and God, we can sort it. Who goes skydiving? Who goes skydiving? You don't even a professional, right? And then you trust a guy. You, you trust that guy. You trust that guy. And the guy, you pick it back on the guy. A guy, you, you don't even know the guy. That guy's probably half drunk. They don't sleep all night and has insomnia. You trust him. He followed his heart. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. I'm telling you, don't do it. It's a bad idea. You don't follow your heart. You don't. You don't. Why will you want to follow your heart? Your heart is not qualified. The heart seeks only one thing, happiness and thrill. And short-term happiness and thrill. Short-term. The heart is not designed to see long-term. The heart is not designed to see long-term. And so God is saying, he said, trust me. In the beginning was the world and the world was with God and the world with God. Trust the world. This comes with guarantee, not your heart. How many times have you made a decision and then come back and change your mind? What about those who trusted your decision and acted on it? Have you come back to apologize? So don't trust your heart. Do not trust your heart. For every decision you make will bring you to a crossroad. Do not trust your heart. Do not trust your heart. But how do we get to trust Jesus? Today, many of us have invited Christ into our lives. But that's all it does. Many of us have, it's like inviting someone, a guest into your home. That's all it is. And sometimes, depending on the kind of friend, you bring a friend into your home, and the friend stays in the living room. And that's how many of us have treated Jesus. He comes into your heart, but he's in the living room. How many of you treat friends like that? There are some friends, they come into your house, they stay in the living room. Right? Where I come from, the type of friends determines the extent they go in the house. So some friends come in, you know them, they just stay in, your, stay in the living room. You ask them, do you want tea or coffee? They say tea. But they sit to be entertained. You go to the kitchen, get the tea, the biscuit, and you serve them. And then you sit with them, lest anything goes missing. <laughs> you sit with them. 
There are no stools in the kitchen, in the living room, but in the kitchen, there are tables, there are chairs. But no, you forbid them from going to the kitchen. And then you sit and then you entertain them in the kitchen, in the living room. And then there are some friends. When they come in, you say, oh, even they come in the one says, oh, no, no, don't sit here. Oh, come, come through, come through, come through. They come to the kitchen area. Then they sit in the kitchen area. And then you ask them, what do you want to drink? They say, tea and coffee. And they will say, oh, can I help? So no, sit down. Don't help. Because I don't know where these hands have been. I don't know what these hands handling my kitchen. My, no, just, just sit down. I don't know what kind of gems you have brought to this house. Just sit down. I want to contain and isolate you in this kitchen area. <laughs> and then you go and make your tea, you make your business, and then you serve them. Right? Another type of friends. And then there are some other friends, you know, these are like, you know, Mikasa Sukasa. <laughs> yeah? They come in, they say, oh, come, come. Say, ah. When they sing, they say, ah, why are you sitting here like a stranger? Come. Yeah? They come to your house and they sit down in the kitchen. And I say, ah, so, ah, my friend, what do you want to drink? They say, oh, tea. Go and make it yourself. <laughs> and then you ask them, are you hungry? They say, yes. What do you want? Rice. They say, stew in the fridge. <laughs> That's another category of friends, isn't it? Yeah. And then there are some friends. This one is more than me, casa, me, casa, so casa. This is, you know, like blood. You know the one that the Bible says that they are from some friends, you know, Stronger, yeah, man. When you when you open the door, you don't go hello, friend. Like hello, blood. You know that kind of that kind of friends. You know them now. How do you know them? Right? When they when they come to your house, you just when you hear them there by the door, you don't bother changing your your house coat for your jeans. <laughs> but there are some friends when you hear them on the door, you just jump up. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But these other friends, when they come in, you will come in your hair there, you know, no makeup. And then you open the door and say, ah, how are you? I say, ah, come, 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 come. I say, today, ah, I'm not even going to the kitchen, though. No. Follow me, follow me, follow me. They, they, sit by your, they sit by you on the bed. Yeah, the pillow friends, isn't it? They are friends. That's how many of us treat Jesus. My question to you today is, so where is Jesus in your house right now? He's come to your home for the past five years. When is he going to graduate to the kitchen? When will you allow him make his own tea and coffee in your kitchen? When is he going to sit with you in your bedroom and share your thoughts, your deepest concerns, your weaknesses, the ones that you are frightened to even share with others? When are you going to share it with him? When are you going to keep secrets with Jesus? When? Until you invite him to your innermost sanctuary, you can never trust him. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.